Welcome, everybody. It's Rob Scary, the Rob Scary Show. We are live. Yes, we are live. And it's another day, another week. And the real question is, can Trump continue? Can Trump continue with a... Um, Almost flawless week. Can he, can he continue with an almost flawless week? Now, I say the media will stop at nothing. Stop at nothing to make sure this does not happen. They're going to stop it at nothing. So we'll break all that down. And yes, we are. Not on uh, Periscope yet. We gave it a test last night when we were barbecuing. We gave it a test. But testing uh, when I'm barbecuing dinner is a lot different than testing in the studio. And when I was uh, playing around this morning, it just wasn't... It just wasn't feeling right. It wasn't looking right. It was actually looking very, very, uh, I don't want to say ghetto, but yeah, it was looking, it was just looking, it was looking ghetto. It was looking very asylum-like. It was very old school. It was old school where it was nothing but white walls behind me. White walls to the right of me, uh, the glare from the lights was kind of getting in the way. It just it just wasn't working. It just wasn't working. So I want to spend uh, another, I don't know, few hours kind of tweaking everything and not making it look just really, really bad. So just bear with me here, guys. I know uh, some of you out there were taking a peek at the Periscope from last night, getting all excited, mildly excited, not not too excited, but mildly excited that we would uh, be on Periscope. But you'll have to wait. You'll have to wait until uh, tomorrow. I will test later on from the studio, though. I will test later on from the studio. So maybe we'll do an impromptu uh, night show. Maybe that's what we'll do later. We'll do an impromptu uh, night show. What do you guys think of that? We're just not going to do it right now. Okay. Uh, So now that we got that out of the way, I want to throw something else out at you. I told Captain, I go, you know, I got to talk about this on the show. I don't know what it has to do with uh, <laughs> with Trump or things of that nature, but I, I you know what I think it does. I, I, I Catherine was like, "Well, are you uh, are you sure uh, are you sure this is anything to do with what's going on?" Right? And I said, "Yes, yes, I think it does. <laughs> I think it does." All right, so. 
This was the debate. This was the debate last night until uh, this morning. Do you think it does? I said, I, I think it does. Yeah, I think it does. I was at the Americana. I don't know those of you who don't know what the Americana is. It's a, it's a big mall out here in Los Angeles. Glendale, to be exact. Huge, huge mall. Outdoor mall. They have uh, bands playing. People walking around, uh, sitting on the lawn, eating snacks. They have a uh, an outdoor booze stand. So it's, it's it's a nice little thing. It's a nice little thing. So we're walking around. Uh, Catherine wanted to get a few things. Uh, I had to uh, do some work in the morning. Uh, I had some issues with some of the other projects uh, I was doing the night before. So I had to uh, finish some stuff in the morning slash afternoon because there was a flaw. There was a flaw in one of the things that I did. So that gets done. She wants to walk around, so that's what I do. And I notice not one not two, not even three, four, five, or six, but in the teens, okay, in the teens, were Muslims. And what I mean by Muslims, because you're saying, oh, no, here we go. Here we go. Here's here's the the white nationalist. No 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 no. Just stop. Just stop. <laughs> Just stop. I'm talking about the full cover, head to toe. Full cover, head to toe. Some in the. Uh, Scary black garb where you just see the eyes. Others with the face showing, but covered from head to toe with the dress or or robes or whatever you would call them. And they were, I, I, I mean, in the teens, it was almost as if Every store, every every nook and cranny of this outdoor mall, one would pop up. Rather, it was the front of the mall, the back of the mall, the side of the mall. Rather, it was uh, down in the indoor mall area or where the bands were playing. They were everywhere. It was almost as if they were casing out the joint. Now, I have no evidence of that. I have no idea whatsoever. But I got to tell you, okay, I got to tell you, and I know as a Republican, as a conservative, as a uh, alt-right you're supposed to uh, be Christian. Now, I'm a little different from my uh, 
fellow friends on the right. I'm uh, nothing. I, 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 I was born Catholic. I was baptized. And of course, as a child, I went to church with my parents, but I'm 43 now. And the only time I've gone to church is when someone dies. I don't practice. I don't have much use for it. And truthfully, I think it's all kind of silly. I think it's all kind of silly. Now, if you want to believe in something because it makes you feel whole or makes you feel peaceful or at one with something, that that feeling that there is something more when you die. There's a better place to go when you die. If that's the reason, okay. All right. I hear you. I get it. But when you start taking that religion and when you start taking that religion and it becomes a way of life it becomes something uh, that has control over how you dress how you eat how you sleep how you function in day to day activities that I have a problem with. That I have a problem with. And when it's about 94 degrees out, seriously, it was about 94 degrees out. And you are covered from head to toe in heavy cloth. And you do this because of faith. You do this because an imaginary uh, man in the sky uh, tells you, tells you, this is how you are supposed to uh, live your life. I find that incredibly bizarre. I find that incredibly disturbing. I find that incredibly Dangerous. I really do. I really do. Any religion, any religion, anybody that follows religion to that extreme is a dangerous person. Rather, you're Mormon. Rather you're Christian, rather you're Hindu, rather you're a Hasidic Jew. Anytime you live your life and you're suspending 
reality because that's what you're doing. You're you're suspending reality. You're 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 basically believing life is a David Copperfield show. When I went to see David Copperfield, and he's making uh, people disappear, or he's reading my girlfriend's thoughts. I know it was a show, but at that moment, you suspend that reality. You suspend that reality. You get sucked into that world of magic and illusion for that hour, hour and a half. You actually, you actually believe this person read your mind. Actually believe this person disappeared. You actually believe that a two-ton truck appeared out of nowhere. And seven audience members are holding that truck up. You actually believe that. Then, of course, when the show gets over and you've talked this out with your partner or whoever, you come back to reality. You come back to Earth. That's what religion is. But you never come back to earth. You suspend reality. Forever. Forever. And I think that's just weird. I think it's dangerous. I think it's scary. And when it comes to the side of Islam and Muslims, it's even uh, more scary and more dangerous. Children, just like I was a child many moons ago, are indoctrinated into this frightening disturbing and dangerous religion. And now, and now, these children are murdering, are killing, are slaughtering. So when you hear liberals say, oh, Donald Trump's words are the best recruiting tool No, they're not. No, they're not. That's not what turns Muslims into terrorists. They are raised. They they are raised at the earliest of ages. The radical ideology of a barbaric and dangerous religion. And I would argue, I would argue it's not really a religion. I would argue 
that it's a form of government. It's a it's a it's a it's a ruling system. I would argue that it's similar to democracy or Marxism or communism. That's what I argue. That's what I would argue. Look at the countries that are ruled by Islamic law, Sharia law. So it's not Trump's words. Trump's words didn't have this 14-year-old boy slaughter people at a wedding. Four people were killed. Fifty-four people were killed. Turkey was under fire this weekend. I mean, Turkey's a war zone, my friends. A 14-year-old boy. 14-year-old boy. Was the perpetrator. And many of the people he killed were children. And just like what happened in Milwaukee last week, And also, Louisiana, the press was nowhere to be found. The press is nowhere to be found. Other attacks got wall-to-wall coverage. Whether it was the machete attack that happened a few weeks ago, or the shooter In Germany, this attack in Turkey was lightly covered at the best. Lightly covered. Remember, between now, well, it started last week, but last week to election day, Anything that makes Obama and the Democrats look bad because they have failed as it pertains to foreign policy, pertains to domestic policy. Anything that shows the weakness, anything that shows the deficiencies. Anything that shows that Obama and, by extension, Hillary Clinton have weakened this nation and weakened the world just by our weakening position, this is going to be ignored. So 
So the riots in Milwaukee got very little coverage, where other riots had wall-to-wall, day-after-day coverage. To the point where Anderson Cooper, Don Lemon, Cuomo, Chris Hayes, they were all there live. They were all there covering the action live. Last week in Milwaukee, nothing. They were home sleeping. Chris Hayes was home shining up his hipster glasses. Louisiana? Louisiana, that disaster that's on par with uh, Katrina and Sandy. This disaster, no coverage. Absolutely no coverage. Why? Because Obama was golfing. Obama was chilling. Hillary Clinton was sleeping, partying, sleeping again. So they downplayed it. Remember what happened when George Bush didn't do what the media expected him to do? Kanye West said George Bush hates black people. Instead, the media fell all over themselves trying to defend Obama not going to Louisiana. Democrats fell over each other trying to defend Obama. One Democrat will say, well, we told them not to come for a week. Another Democrat Part of the administration, well, he's busy. Another Democrat, oh, he he is going to come. He's going to come as soon as he's done playing golf. Who was there? Trump was there. Trump was there. So it forced the media to cover what happened in Louisiana. Trump forced the media. So people aren't going to cover these events. People aren't going to cover attacks that kill 50 and 60 people. 14-year-old, radical Islamists. Because the 14-year-old doesn't fit in the narrative. Doesn't fit in the narrative. Doesn't fit in the narrative. Fourteen years old. Scary, man. That's scary. Scary. Scary stuff. Scary stuff. When you take that David Copperfield show and make it 
run your life, it's a recipe for disaster. It's a recipe for disaster, my friends. It's a recipe for disaster. So who knows if the 15 or 16 or 17 Muslims at the Americana Mall were scoping it out or if they were just wandering around having a good time. But it's frightening. It's frightening to watch somebody covered from head to toe, 95 degrees out. And think nothing of, think nothing of the simulation and the culture of the West. It's their world. And we're <laughs> just occupying the space around them. Scary, scary stuff. But anyways, that was my trip. I just had to get that out there. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with Trump and another solid week. Can it happen? Will it happen? Uh, The media is going to prevent it from happening. Uh, Let's see what goes on. Be right back. Yeah. Uh. Build the wall, it just got 10 feet higher. Okay, so uh, this week, 
this week, um, the question will be, can Trump pull off what he did last week? Now, here's the funny thing. We have a little show, right? It's a little show. We're, we're not, <clears throat> we're not nationally, excuse me, we're not nationally syndicated like Mark Levin. All right, we're not we're not nationally syndicated. We don't have a ten year contract to sit on the radio for three hours and and just talk. I, I just those of you who listen to Levin, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. Seriously, I I just don't I don't know how you sit there for three hours. Like I'll listen because when I'm driving, I, I like talk radio i got want to listen to what the hell's going on out there and at that time there's no one else on there's no one else on but man after about 20 or 25 minutes it, it, it becomes really unlistenable but anyway i digress we're not on kfi we're, we're not on all these radio stations we're, we're little over here we're the little guys but but we write articles every day. We post articles every day. Our articles get shared every day. Our, um, our, our, our feeds, our radio feeds get shared every day. And people listen. And I'm not talking about just the fans, but actually other radio shows, other uh, bloggers, other uh, writers, they listen. You know how I know they listen? Because more and more and more, I'm hearing and I'm seeing people take positions and say things that we've been saying for three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten months. Now, this weekend, all I read. All I read from different sites, different bloggers, different writers, was that no matter what happens after this election, the media will never be looked at the same. Never be looked at the same. I read a whole bunch of articles where they have said exactly what we've been saying, and that is uh, the biased the 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 fact that the New York Times and the Washington Post and all these other media outlets tripped over themselves to go after Trump. And before it was always, well, the media is liberal Wink, wink, nod. It was always something that you knew, but it was at times hard to actually make a strong case because they would switch to the other side 
to balance things out. They actually made an effort to not seem too one-sided. Sure. Might have a few writers here and there that were to the left, but they were always balanced out. And in this election cycle, there is no balance. So I read article after article that talked about this. I said, man, that's what we've been saying for months. For months. And then, and then, I listened to a segment on another unlistenable radio program, the Glenn Beck show where he basically did our bit from about a month ago he did our bit from about a month ago and our bit from the hiring of Steve Bannon and he combined what we've been saying uh, about Trump and the fact that what Trump created is almost like a third party. And for all the Rubios and the Ryans and the Anna Navarros and the Stuart Stevens and the Jeb Bushes, for all of them to think once this election cycle's over, everything's going to go back to the way it was. Sadly mistaken. I said, listen, It's almost a shame Trump didn't run as a third party because the legacy could have lasted forever. That legacy of that third party could have lasted forever. Going after house seats, governorships, But at the end of the day, whether you call it a third party or you just call it a wing of the party, those people are still going to be there. Those people aren't going to leave in four months. They're not going to leave January of 2017. Those people are still going to be there. So now you hear people like Beck parroting what I've been saying. Like he's finally realized, because he's part of them, but he's finally realized that there is no rest for that wing of the party. We are here. We are here, and we're not going anywhere, and we're not going back to the Romneys and the McCains. We're not doing it. And I said, you're going to see more candidates like Nealon. Then, of course, my whole pitch about controlling the media. 
And the only way Republicans, the only way conservatives, the only way people on the right are going to have a shot at taking back this country is controlling the media. And unless the Adelsons or the Koch brothers are going to put some cash together and buy ABC or buy CNN or AOL or Time Warner or whoever, unless they're going to do that, they're going to have to create new media. They're going to have to create channels. They're going to have to do what Rupert Murdoch did. They're going to have to do what Rupert Murdoch did. They're going to have to do what Murdoch did 20 plus, 30 plus years ago. When he said, forget ABC, forget NBC, forget CBS. I'm going to start a number four. People want, you're insane. It ain't going to happen. And he did it. So now people are starting to catch on. People are starting to say, hmm, is that what Trump's going to do? Win, lose, or draw, is that what Trump's going to do? Are him and Bannon going to create a new CNN, a new Fox, a new NBC? Are they going to create a network that doesn't just have news, but it also has programming? It also has comedy shows, drama shows. But it's things that will reflect a right, as far as on the side of politics, a a right slant Opposed to a extreme left slant. So these are all the things now that are being written about, being talked about. And this is stuff that we've been saying for many, many, many months. So it's actually kind of joyful to see all these people coming around to our way of thinking. And I welcome them. I welcome them. They're a little late to the party, but that's okay. That's okay. We like all comers. Interesting. Fascinating. And very true. Very true. We're we're ahead. We're ahead of the curve on this program. We're ahead of the curve. Now, the media is going to do everything they can to make sure Trump does not repeat what he did last week. And they already started. They already started. They're, they're, they're trying to blow this up. They're trying to say, oh, Trump's back to his old ways. Oh, oh, take a look. And what I mean is Joe Scarborough and his girlfriend, uh, Mika Brzezinski. 
Yes. Joe Scarborough and his girlfriend, Mika Brzezinski, the stars of Morning Joe. And the two who many people, not just Trump, but many people, have said they are romantically linked. That is why they both got separations and divorces around the same time. They both got separated and divorced at pretty much the exact same time. And it was hush-hush. So, of course, the media is trying to blow up the fact that Trump went after them on Twitter. They're trying desperately to say, see, Trump's off message. He's off point. Look, he's back to his Twitter feuding. Take a look. See? No control. Absolutely no control. That's what they're trying to do, but it won't work. It won't work. It won't work. And I talked about this for for weeks. For weeks. Trump was very good friends with Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski. And see, Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski got themselves into a lot of trouble. They got themselves into a lot of trouble. Remember, their program is on MSNBC. Their program is supposed to give the appearance that MSNBC is somehow balanced. That they're not just a shill for the Democrats. Because look, Joe Scarborough's conservative. Look, Joe Scarborough goes after conservatives. Joe Scarborough goes after Democrats. Look. He's he's just a he's just a, a, a fair guy. See? Look, look. But Joe Scarborough is no different than any other paid shill and paid Republican shill. Job is to make it look like the network has some type of balance. So they push back only as much as the producers, the directors, the bosses want them to push. They only cover and do what the producers, the directors, and the bosses 
tell them to do. That that's that's the concept behind the people that are on the right, that are on the left programs, and the people that are on the left that are on the right programs. That's just the way it is. Now, Scarborough and Brzezinski have always been friends of Trump. They would go and sneak around and hang out at the mar Largo Club. Put a politics aside. They would go and sneak around the mar Largo Club. I, I actually have pictures. I kid you not. I kid you not. I have pictures of Brzezinski and Scarborough at a mar Largo event during the primaries. And this event wasn't reported on. It was like a private event. I have a friend who spends his time between Florida and New York. And he actually goes to the mar largo Club. His family uh, controls uh, the laundry services for all the casinos in Atlantic City. This is a big shot, big shot. It's called Manhattan Larry. And many, many, many months ago, Manhattan Larry sent me pictures of this event. And there's Scarborough and Brzezinski walking in. It wasn't a red carpet affair. It was just people flowing into this dinner party, I guess you could call it that. So they've been friends with Trump. For a very long time. Now. To get ratings. They would have Trump on their show. They did a town hall. They did phone interviews. And they had a good relationship with Trump. But. The executives and the powers that be at MSNBC said to Brzezinski and Scarborough, hey, you're too cozy with Trump. And what you did on that town hall, what you did on the hot mic is being uh, broadcasted on every single right-wing talk show. That's on the dial. It's being broadcasted and talked about on every single liberal website from the Huffington Post to the Daily Beast to BuzzFeed. You guys are the laughing stock. You guys are Trump shills. You guys have been exposed, and now you guys need to do something about it, or we're going to can you. We're going to fire you. And from that point, 
Scarborough and Brzezinski attacked Trump to no end. All of a sudden, Trump had gone too far. Now, mind you, mind you, pre-Scarborough and Brzezinski attacking Trump, They had no problem with the things that Trump had said before. They had no problem with eating at his club and partying at his club and hanging out with Trump in his suites and just doing the things that they all did. So they're fake Outrage, coincidentally, came after everybody went after Scarborough and Brzezinski. So this is a personal situation. This is a personal feud. This is Scarborough and Brzezinski attacking Trump and spending 10, 20, 30, 40, literally an entire morning program going after Donald Trump. And they don't go after him on policy. They actually go after him personally. That's the fascinating thing. Rather, it's Scarborough or other media outlets. Or Democrats, for that matter. They go after Trump personally. He responds... And then he's the bad guy. It's just like that naked statue of Trump. You know that naked statue of Trump that's getting all the publicity and it's popping up in different uh, little cities? And everybody's laughing about it. Everybody's giggling about it. Everybody's talking about it. Imagine. Imagine. Imagine if a conservative created a statue of naked Hillary. Just just imagine that. Just a big, dumpy-looking Hillary Clinton. Maybe you have a catheter bag, a catheter, or, or, a, or, or a colostomy bag attached to her hip, and the tube running up her leg. Maybe you have her crippled looking. Maybe a depictor is having MS. Something like that. Imagine that statue. Imagine what liberals would be saying. Imagine what the media would be saying. They'd be outraged. 
they'd be disgusted. People like Joe A. Reed and Ari Melbourne and every other hipster, non-hipster, liberal douchebag would be crying afoul. Oh, my God. That is sexist. That is racist. That... You Oh, it would be unmerciful. So here's Scarborough and Brzezinski going after Trump personally. I mean, the, the things they say is, is astonishing. It, it really is. It, re- it really is. It really is. And when Trump fires back in a tweet and says, Mika Brzezinski, the wall. A neurotic and not very bright mess. And he called them two clowns. The media. The media instantly went, ah, Trump is going after Brzezinski like like he went after Megyn Kelly. Like, very personal. This is, this is nothing. This is, this is not like Trump of last week. This is, this is Trump of the past nine months. No, no, no. Listen. Listen. Two people that had no problem glomming on to everything there was to glom that Trump had. And then turning against him because executives said, you will lose your job. We will fire you. Okay? And you will not get hired by anybody. You guys then might as well call Vivid up and make a sex tape. Morning Blow. Mika and Joe. You guys might as well call Vivid up and do a celebrity sex tape because Fox won't hire you. CNN's not going to hire you. It's over. It's finished. Finished. So they did what they had to do, which is attack Trump. And they attack him in a personal, personal ways. Just like the Democrats at that convention. How many times did you hear... Uh, Jennifer Granholm or the rest of them question Trump's mental capacity. Unfit. I mean, these people are straight up questioning Trump's mental capacity. 
And the minute Republicans, the minute conservatives, the minute Trump brings up Hillary Clinton's health, we are attacked as being sexist. We're told we crossed the line. Would you be doing that if it was a man candidate? It's amazing. It's amazing. So the media's already tried. They've already tried. They've already tried to push this Twitter feud. And part of the other reason is because it's more bad news for Hillary. The FBI found approximately 14,900 undisclosed documents that Hillary Clinton exchanged on her private email server. Attorneys representing the State Department confirmed the FBI's findings Monday in the federal civil court case. Clinton deleted 33,000 emails from her server. Clinton swore under oath that she turned over all of her work-related emails to the State Department investigators. Now, the media is not going to cover that. Media is not going to cover that. I mean, according to the media, last week didn't exist for Trump. According to the media, last week didn't exist for Trump. If you read articles this weekend, as if Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday didn't happen, and the only thing that happened was Trump hired editor-in-chief from Breitbart News, an incredibly racist and conspiratorial site, and a pollster, Kellyanne Conway. And the combination of them two is going to piss off a lot of people on the Hill. And of course, because Bannon is a bomb thrower at the racist and conspiratorial site of Breitbart News, Trump will continue to go further and further and further to the right. That's what was written all weekend. New York Times, Washington Post, Politico. And I'm thinking... Did they just wake up? Because that's not what happened all week. And Bannon and Kellyanne have been with Trump Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. What are these people watching? 
what four speeds this week, all off a teleprompter, all on point. Louisiana floods. Handing out goods, handing out whatever. What were these people watching? So even when Trump is pretty much flawless, he's still a piece of crap. He's still human waste. He's still garbage. I mean, if they showed pictures of Trump in Syria, listen, if they show pictures of Trump in Syria, and he's got that little Syrian boy, you know that Syrian boy that uh, CNN kept showing the, the pictures of? He's just sitting in that little chair, and he's bleeding. You remember those pictures? If, if they had video of Trump, with like six or seven of those kids, and he's saving them from the rubble. And they're like, one's on his neck, the other one's on his arm, he's got another one by the waist, and he's got a gun in his left hand, and he's firing at people while he's running out of rubble with seven Syrian refugee children bleeding. He rushes them to a a military Trump helicopter and whisks them away. Trump would still be called a piece of crap. They'd say somehow Trump did that to those children. They'd say Trump didn't save those kids. Trump actually went and knocked the building down that, that, that trapped those children. So he caused the building to trap those children. He then pulled them children from the rubble. Put them in the military Trump helicopter. Whisked them away only to drop them off in the middle of the ocean. Next to that Malaysian airplane that nobody could find. I mean that's what they would say. There's nothing that Trump can do that will make anybody in the media happy. Anybody that's part of the Republican Party happy. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. So all week, that's what was written. Ignoring all week. That's all that was written. Horrible Trump. Horrible Trump. He's going to keep going to the right. He's going to keep going to the right. Even though all week, he wasn't going more to the right. If anything, he was going more to the left, if you want to be technical. But there were still articles. Uh, then articles from GOP operatives. The GOP is getting ready. 
for Trump to get crushed. The GOP is getting ready for Trump to take a beating. GOP getting ready. And again, I reiterate, I reiterate this notion that there's 70 days left, and that's not enough time for this new Trump to reach voters. It's a, it's a farce. It's a media narrative. It's a media narrative. Because everybody knows, everybody knows that it all matters basically the last four weeks. That's what it's all about. And we've broken this down in reference to the way Obama handles things. Now, the media is either stupid, ignorant. Remember, we talked about Chris Gazilla last week and his shock when he found out that Hillary Clinton hadn't done a press conference in 250-plus days. He was shocked. He had to go research this. He was shocked. Couldn't believe this. He said, oh, my God. Oh, my. That's a, I can't believe this. And I don't think they're that stupid. I don't think Chris Gazzilla's that stupid. I told you, they get pressured by somebody. And they wind up uh, caving. Remember I told you about the little boy or young man or even adult man who dresses sloppy, doesn't comb their hair, and doesn't care. But it's when that one person, after weeks and weeks and weeks or months and months and months, tells them, that they then change, even though 20 or 30 or 40 people have questioned their appearance or questioned their hygiene. Didn't matter. All it took was that one person, and that's the same thing with the media. That's why Chris Cizilla had to write that article, because he was shamed by one person. One person that he actually gives a crap about said something to him, and he went, So I don't think the media is that stupid. So this notion that there's no time left is ridiculous. When Obama has mastered the art of, I'm going to tell you guys something on the first, and then it's going to be disproved two or three weeks later. I'm going to tell you something different. And what I told you the two or three weeks before, you've all going to forgotten about it. And ultimately, what I tell you now is what you'll remember. He's been doing that for seven and a half years. That's how the media works. That's how we work 
in this age of information. Why do you think when a new movie comes out, when a, when a blockbuster of a movie comes out, you get hit with commercials two to three weeks before the movie premieres? Sure, the trailer will come out, and you'll see posters or different little ad campaigns, but it's about two, three weeks sometimes four weeks before the actual movie hits those theaters that you start seeing a flood of ads, a flood of appearances on television. Why? Because if somebody sees Harrison Ford or Carrie Fisher on Jimmy Fallon three months before Star Wars hits the theater, people forgot. People don't remember three months ago. But they remember three weeks ago when they see Harrison Ford talking to Jimmy Fallon and it's the first and Harrison Ford and Jimmy Fallon go, now don't forget to go check Star Wars out. The end of the month, the 29th, you go, oh, wow, the end of the month. Let me put that on there, 29th, boom, 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 boom. Everybody knows this. Everybody knows this. The media will tell you that's not the case. The media will tell you, oh, three months, that's not enough time for Trump to, to turn this four or five-point deficit around. Because remember, that's all it is. Not going to be like the 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 crazy uh, Trump supporters. They, and there are some crazy ones. There are some crazy Trump talk show guys. There are, and they're like, no, no, no. The polls are completely wrong. They're completely wrong. Trump's up. Listen, <sighs> no, the polls are wrong, but Trump's not up. Trump's not down by 10, 11, or 12 points, but Trump's not up. Like I said, it's about a four or five point difference. That's it. Which is about par with past elections. And where we are, as far as Republican, Democrat, and voting. Talk about a four or five million swing. Take a look at Obama Romney. Take a look at Obama McCain. I know we don't go by popular vote. We go by electoral college. I know. So when you look at the electoral college, you go, oh, that's a blowout. That's a blowout. But it's not a blowout. You're talking about a country that's basically divided 50-50. Talking about a country that ultimately is a four or five million vote swing. And that's where we are right now. And basically three months until the election is more than enough time to convert a four or five million 
the deficit. More than enough time. More than enough time. So this notion that Trump is too late with this new vibe, this 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 new Trump is 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 once again the media trying to create a different narrative, trying to create the sense that the election is over. Trying to, I mean, guys, literally three months from now, give or take a week or two, I, I'm just rounding the three months. But you can't, you can't turn on a TV or a radio or the internet. You, you, you can't, you, you can't turn any of these things on without seeing an article, a story, or a talking head saying the election is over. It's done. I've seen one article over the weekend that had uh, Hillary Clinton and, and a, a, a spokespeople and, and different individuals involved already planning the transition team for the White House, already planning... Uh, their their agenda for those first hundred days. People haven't even voted. Now you know why the media is doing this, right? You know why the media is saying it's over. Because the only way Republicans win is if people turn out to vote. That's the only way. That's the only way. If you make millions and millions and millions of Republican voters, millions and millions and millions of Trump voters, stay home. If you basically give them the defeatist attitude that, well, it's over. We lost. What's the point of voting? What's the point of um, going to the rally? What, what, what's the point now? It's over. They know something we don't know. They're professionals. Who are we? Blue-collar workers. We're just the, 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 the working man, the working poor. That's all we are. Who are we? We don't wear hipster glasses. We don't wear hipster suits. We didn't go to Columbia University. We don't have a journalism degree. We, we, we don't have a woman's study degree. We work in the coal mines. We work in the auto factory. We work in the warehouses. We work the forklifts. We drive the trains. We drive the buses. We are the people... that make everyday life possible for everyone in this great country. 
We don't get paid millions of dollars to read from a teleprompter on a news program. We don't get paid millions of dollars to write a blog and tell everybody we're the smartest ones in the room. We're the smartest ones on the internet, in the Twitter sphere. We are workers. That's who we are. We are the cogs in the wheel that make this great country rotate every single day. And if you disenfranchise those people, if you frustrate those people, if you basically tell those people that they are wasting their time by voting for Trump because it's over, then Hillary wins. Then Hillary wins. I mean, let's face it, right now, Hillary is winning in the low 40s. In the low 40s. So if you disenfranchise Republicans and Trump voters, Hillary wins. And the media knows. Just like they know, hot chicks eating hamburgers sells. A chick in a bikini biting in to a big pound of meat and white mayonnaise dripping off of her mouth sells burgers. And they know every single day for the next three months covering every single outlet. Every single outlet. And telling them Trump is done, Trump is over, it's finished guarantees that X amount of people will not even bother showing up to vote. They know that. They know that. That's why they're going to continue to do what they do and say all hope is lost. And no matter what Trump is doing now, isn't going to matter because there's not enough time left. Not enough time left. Can't turn a campaign around with months. Can't do it. Can't do it. And that's why the media is doing what they're doing. And that's why they are going to do everything in their power to make sure Trump doesn't have another solid week. And that's why they started off the day talking about Brzezinski and Scarborough and trying to divert everybody's attention away from Hillary Clinton, emails, 
and the fact that something's wrong with her. Something's wrong with her. It's the Rob Zakari Show. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about a story that should get play. But, of course, um, if they gave it play, it makes Hillary Clinton, Clinton administration, the Obama administration, really Really bad. It's Rob Zakari. We'll be right back. Yeah. Thanks to Lego. We love our cops, our law enforcement. We love our military. They're important. We love our cops, our law enforcement. We love our military. They're important. And when I'm in the jam, when I'm I know that I can call up the man, can call up the man with a plan When I'm on the run, when I'm on the run All I gotta do is understand. 
and I refer to the layman as me. Okay? Now, for months, hell, for years, the great Breitbart have reported on Huma Abedin and her ties to radical Islam. For years, people like Frank Gaffney and some other Republicans have talked about Huma Abedin's ties to radical Islam. And of course, the media have ignored hell. Ignored isn't even the word. Basically, said any ties of Huma Abedin and radical Islam, Muslim Brotherhood, have been discredited and are nothing more than junk conspiracy theories. And Breitbart will give a detailed, and I mean detailed, rundown of the connections. And yet, their conspiracy theories, their 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 junk, their their garbage, Tapper, Bash, Blitzer. They all call it wacky conspiracy theories. Well, uh, Paul Sperry put it in a more simplistic way. Now, the New York Post isn't um, the National Enquirer, which, by the way, it's very funny, side note, to watch... Uh, Tapper and all these other uh, so-called real journalists trash the National Enquirer. It's it's wild. It's wild. Considering the National Enquirer has broken a ton, a ton of stories that Tapper... And the rest of the real journalists wind up covering. I mean, how many articles and stories and so forth and so on has CNN did on Bruce Jenner? Exactly. Endless. Endless. And yet, it was the National Enquirer that broke the whole Bruce Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner situation. It wasn't CNN, MSNBC. It's the National Enquirer. National Enquirer broke it. And then, of course, CNN and the rest of them jumped on the bandwagon. So the New York Post isn't the National Enquirer. a legitimate newspaper. So, Paul Sperry breaks it down. 
He breaks down the Huma Abedin connection and the fact that her family have been at the forefront of radical Islam for many, many, many years to the point that they publish papers. They, 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 they publish works for people to read that talk about oppressing women, oppressing gays. And saying the United States of America deserved the World Trade Center's Exploding on 9-11 and killing over 3,000 people. This is legit. Now, remember the controversy involving Paul Manafort? You remember Trump's campaign manager? He since resigned, but remember the controversy? Paul Manafort had worked for a foreign government. Basically, if you ever saw that movie, our brand, our our, our brand is in trouble or our brand is on fire, the bomb with Sandra Bullock, and it was a bomb, I, I, I... I had to sit through this movie. I thought it would be good. It was horrible. Sandra Bullock, Billy Bob Thornton, produced by George Clooney. That's why Clooney, you know, it's funny. Side note, uh, Clooney did an interview where he read this. He said he read the script. He produced it. So he read the script and he went, oh, wow. You know what? Uh, It's supposed to be a guy. It's based on a true story. And it was uh, about two guys, two American uh, political uh, operatives, campaign managers who were hired by, uh, I think it was Venezuela, to, to run campaigns over there. But anyways, he said, I read it, and I thought, oh, you know, it'd be great to change the, the role of being a man to a woman. And I thought, so, listen, he didn't do that because he loved Sandra Bullock. He didn't do it because he wants to put women out there. He did it because the movie sucked and he knew it sucked and he knew it would be a bomb and he didn't want to be involved in a bomb at least as far as acting he'll produce it because you know it's not his money but he didn't want to be acting in a bomb and it was a bomb. It was garbage. But anyway Americans who work in the political world are hired on a regular basis to go and either be a, a, a lobbyist or run political campaigns. Sometimes those countries are not exactly what we, as far as being like America. So anyway, Manafort worked for 
uh, how was the country? Serbia or <laughs> I don't know Yugoslavia. One of them. One of them pro-Russian countries. And so uh, there's no evidence whatsoever except uh, notes that Manafort was supposed to get uh, $12 million in cash for his work with this pro-Russian. So this is a big, big scandal. Big, big. CNN and, and MSNBC and CBS, they all, the outrage, outrage, wow. Outrage. Absolutely outrage. Now, imagine, imagine if Manafort was working for a country that praised the death of 3,000 Americans on 9-11. Imagine, imagine if Manafort worked for a country that relished, relished in slaughtering homosexuals. Throwing them off buildings. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. But the grief that Trump, the Trump campaign, and Manafort got for possibly, it's not even proof, possibly receiving millions of dollars in cash from a pro-Russian government that he worked for, ran campaigns for, was part of. And here you have Huma Abedin working for a Muslim journal for 10, 12, 13, 14 years that is the American her mom is the boss of this journal and no one and I mean no one on CNN and ABC and CBS and MSNBC will talk about it, except to say, oh, these are just conspiracy uh, uh, rumors and, 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 and right-wing crazy talk. Sperry's piece opens. Hillary Clinton's top campaign aide and the woman who might be the future White House chief of staff worked for a decade editing radical Muslim publication that opposed women's rights and blamed the U.S. for 9-11. One of Clinton's biggest accomplishments listed on her campaign website is their support of the U.N.'s Women's Conference in Beijing. Remember, that's where she said women's rights are human's rights. 
You you guys remember that. Remember when they had God uh, narrate, when I say God, Morgan Freeman, uh, narrate uh, her video, and that was a big thing in that video uh, from the DNC convention. Remember? You remember that, right? Now, it goes on to say, Obedin was assistant editor of the Journal of Muslim Minority Affairs, working under her mother, who remains editor and chief. She was also working in the White House as an intern for then First Lady. Now remember, she came in at the same time Monica Lewinsky came in. They got to pick. Somehow Bill picked Monica, and Hillary picked Huma. Wonder why that is. Why didn't Hillary like the chubby white girl? Why did Bill not like the little Muslim girl? What do you think it was? What do you think it was? Why? Why? All right. We'll continue. An article in this uh, Journal of Muslim Minority Affairs titled, Women's Rights Are Islamic Rights, was 1996. And it states that single moms, working moms, and gay couples with children should not be recognized as families. It also states that more revealing dress ushered in by women's liberation directly translates into unwanted results of sexual promiscuity and irresponsibility and indirectly promote violence against women. If a woman wears a short dress, she's just asking to be raped. I mean, if a Republican was part uh, of an organization that spewed this type of philosophy, they'd be crucified. Remember Todd Akin? What is real rape? Remember remember that, guys? Remember the media just they ran him out. Remember they 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 ran him out. So here's Huma Abedin's mom. And remember guys, remember Islam is is peaceful and love listen we we've had this conversation to nauseum i touched on it a little beginning of the program the notion that um, blowing yourself up is the um out of the 1.2 billion muslims uh, in the world blowing up part blowing yourself up in a cafe or in an airport that's the extreme of the religion and it's that and that action alone that makes the religion extreme and if that accounts for a half a percent or one percent or whatever. Uh, it's Islamophobic and it's 
all these other racially loaded terms to say that uh, Islam is dangerous and Islam is bad and Muslims are sketchy and blah, 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 blah. Well, I've said it time and time again. Believing in these types of concepts, wearing the, 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 the beekeeper suit, um, having this uh, process that a woman that wears a short skirt or wears a pair of jeans is asking to be raped. Uh, you know, that's basically just another form of blowing yourself up and killing people. That is, is a, that is a radical thought process. That is a radical and warped thought process. And if that's your thought process, that is your thought process, single moms and working moms, should not be recognized as families. Gay couples should not be recognized. If that is your thought process, you're only one click away from blowing yourself up in a cafe. Goes on. A family established through a marriage contract between a man and a woman and extended through procreation is the only definition of family a Muslim can accept. Now, again, this journal, this journal that the mom is in charge of, that Huma Abedin was part of for many, many years, was founded by the former head of the Muslim World League which is a form of the Muslim Brotherhood. It's a form of radical Islam. And it goes on in the article to say, pushing mothers out into the open labor market is a clear demonstration of a lack of respect of womanhood and motherhood. Now remember, Hillary Clinton's whole thing is about empowering women and being the first woman president and breaking and shattering the glass ceiling. And here's her right-hand woman, possible chief of staff, being part of an organization that does not believe in women's rights. And don't forget, on top of all this, Hillary Clinton has taken millions and millions and millions of dollars from people in the Saudi government. Just want to throw that out there. Want to... Want, wanna, I want to throw it out there. 
In a separate 1996 article, Abedin's mother, who was the Muslim World League's delegate to the UN conference, wrote that Clinton and other speakers were advancing a very aggressive and radically feminist agenda that was un-Islamic and wrong because it focused on empowering women. Empowerment of women does more harm than benefit the cause of women or their relations with men. Salia Muhammad Abdin, Abdan, Abdin, Abedin, while forcefully arguing in favor of Islamic laws that have been roundly criticized for oppressing women. That is Sharia law. She continues, by placing women in the care and protection of men and by making women responsible for those under her charge, Islamic values generate a sense of compassion in human and family relations. Among all systems of belief, Islam goes the farthest in restoring equality across gender. She then went on to rationalize domestic abuse. She said, the stress and frustrations that men encounter in their daily lives is something that, yes, we must denounce, but It does no good to punish the men for it. She went on to say more men are victims of domestic violence than women. If we see the world through men's eyes, we will find them suffering from many hardships and injustices. Maybe this is why Huma Abedin and Hillary Clinton, for that matter, take the attitudes they take as far as Bill Clinton uh, putting his ding-a-ling wherever he wants and uh, Carlos Danger, a.k.a. the Mongoose, a.k.a. Anthony Weiner, showing pictures of his ding-a-ling to whoever wants to see it. Maybe that's why they act the way they do. Because Huma and Hillary see the world through Bill and the mongoose's eyes. And they realize that there is a lot of suffering. There's a lot of hardships and injustices. Because every guy wants to be able to put his dingling wherever he wants. And have as many people see it. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Huma continued to work for her mother's journal through 08. She's listed as assistant editor on the um, letterhead of the 2002 issue in which her mother suggested the U.S. was doomed to be attacked on 9-11 because of sanctions 
leveled against Iraq and other injustices. You realize, again, a magazine that is now saying America got has Huma Abedin as the assistant editor. A magazine that says this. The spiral of violence having continued unabated worldwide and widely seen to be allowed to continue was building up intense anger and hostility within the pressure cooker that was kept on a vigorous flame while the lid was weighted down with various kinds of injustices and sanctions. It was a time bomb that had to explode, and explode it did on September 11th, changing in its wake the life and times of the very community and the people it aimed to So that was written by Huma Abedin's mom in a journal in 2002, which Huma Abedin is listed as the assistant editor. Ladies and gentlemen, when the Jake Tappers and the Wolf Blitzers and the CNs and the MSNBCs, when they say that it's all conspiracy talk, it's all, it's all right-wing kook talk that Huma Abedin is associated with radical Islam, they are flat out lying. They are flat out trying to hide the truth. And one has to applaud, has to applaud Paul Sperry for writing this article in the New York Post. Because aside from Breitbart, aside from Breitbart, no other legitimate, credible, huge news site, newspaper would print this. Yeah, some other conservative websites would, but they're not as big as Breitbart. They're, they're nowhere on that scale. They're not as big as the New York Post. They're not on that scale. But imagine Manafort being part of an organization that says 9-11 was America's fault. I mean, Manafort was crucified for being a campaign manager for a pro-Russian government. A government that I can't even remember the damn name for a government that had nothing whatsoever to do with pain and suffering here in the United States. I could care less what Manafort gets hired to do in Serbia or, 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 or Kaviv or, or uh, Ukraine. I don't care. As a matter of fact, I think it was Ukraine. See, it took me a couple, couple, <laughs> couple times to 
get the exact uh, pro-Russian country. Ukraine. I could care less what goes on in Ukraine. I don't care. We weren't attacked by a bunch of Ukrainians, okay? We weren't attacked by a bunch of pro-Russian Ukrainians. A pro-Russian Ukrainian didn't walk into a gay nightclub in Orlando, Florida and mow down 49 people. A pro-Russian Ukrainian didn't go into a Christmas party in San Bernardino and slaughter 13, 14, 15 people. Didn't happen. But a radical Muslim did. And Huma Abedin was an editor for a magazine that was written by her mom that said America got what it got on 9-11. They deserved what they got. That's insane, guys. That's insane. This should be all over the news today. This this should, again, this is old stuff that Breitbart would report on. You know, right-wing conspiracy kook site. The media ignore it. And now, it's in the New York Post. Biggest media market next to L.A. Or vice versa. You could argue who's bigger. L.A. media market or New York media market. But either way, you've got an article that's in media markets. And this article is not being reported on. CNN, MSNBC, ABC, and the list goes on and on and on. I mean, again, just just listen to what Huma Abedin's mother wrote, and Huma Abedin approved it, Huma Abedin being assistant editor. The spiral of violence having continued unabated worldwide and widely seen to be allowed to continue was building up intense anger and hostility within the pressure cooker that was kept on a vigorous flame while the lid was weighted down with various kinds of injustices, injustices and sanctions. So all this violence, anger, all this hostility... It was created by the United States of America and the injustices and the sanctions put on the people in the Middle East. It was a time bomb that had to explode, and explode it did on September 11th. So, ha, 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 America, you got. You got what you deserved. That's what she said. And Huma Abedin is part of that. Remember, 
Huma Beaton has been with Hillary Clinton. From her time as the First Lady, from her being in the Senate, her being in the State Department. Remember all these new emails that have been coming out are showing obedience, setting up meetings with people uh, from Saudi Arabia wanting to meet with Hillary Clinton, donating to the Clinton Foundation, Huma Beden setting up appointments with different people that donated to the Clinton Foundation. I mean, Huma Abedin is an intricate of the Clinton universe. And Huma Abedin is part of anti-American Muslims. Huma Abedin's mom is anti-American. If that isn't anti-American, I don't know what is. If talking about American women being basically raped because they don't cover themselves from head to toe in a beekeeper's outfit. That's not anti-American. Don't know what it is. Saying that basically the only true family is that of a Muslim family. That's not anti-American. Don't know what is. Saying that 9-11 happened because the United States of America was asking for it because of all the bad they did in the Middle East, I don't know what is. And these are the people that liberals say, why, why would you not want them to come to this country? Wow, you're an Islamophobe. Really? Really? Sure, they might not be strapped with a bomb running into my apartment to blow themselves up, but who the hell knows what could happen five years from now, two years from now, one year from now, ten years from now, when these people have these thoughts. When you see that Muslim woman walking around the mall covered from head to toe, and she's saying, 9-11 happened because you people caused it. All of you girls that are wearing skirts and pants, if you get raped, you deserve it. And I am the only proper and worthy recipient of a family because I am a Muslim. That's warped. Un-American values, logic, and whatever else you want to call it. And this is who Huma Abedin is. This is Huma Abedin's family. This is her life. This is somebody that is literally a heartbeat a colostomy bag, a catheter away from chief of staff.
That's frightening, man. That that that's frightening. Her mother even wrote an article, and again, Huma Abedin is part of this magazine. Her mother wrote an article that justifies the practice of female genital mutilation. Staining, and quote, man-made laws have in fact enslaved women. Huma Abedin's mom, Huma Abedin, And her relatives believe in female genital mutilation. How is that in line with American values? And how is this a right-wing conspiracy? How is this some kooky website um, 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 information that's not factual? I mean, how is this is this is all real? How does the media ignore this? How do they ignore this while they report extensively on Paul Manafort and Ukraine? Anytime, any time, Tapper and the rest of these left-wing extremists Anytime they brought up Manafort and Ukraine, if I was a Trump surrogate, I would have brought up Huma Abedin and her mom and this magazine. That, that's what I would have done. I would have said, really, Jake, you want to talk? Okay, well, let's talk about that alongside uh, Huma Abedin. And her mother's journal, and Huma Abedin being one of the editors of that journal, and having an anti-American position, being in favor of female genital mutilation, being in favor of 9-11, being in favor of killing gays. Let's talk about that. I'll be more than happy to talk about Manafort. And Ukraine, but I also wanted to, that would have shut, yeah, well, what we're not, we're not going to be talking about, you to watch Don Lemon kill the microphones. Watch Anderson Cooper kill the microphones. And then in 2010, Huma beat and arranged for then Secretary of State Hillary Clinton to speak alongside Abedin's hijab-wearing mother at an all-girls college in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. And according to the transcript of the speech, Clinton said, Americans have to do a better job of getting past the stereotypes and the mischaracterizations of oppressed Saudi women. And then she also said to the audience of burqa-wearing women, not all American girls go around in a bikini bathing suit. 
mischaracterization of the oppressed Saudi women. So the Saudi women aren't oppressed. Having to cover yourself from head to toe is not oppressed. Not being able to leave the house without the permission of a man, without being accompanied by a man is not oppressed. Not being able to drive is not oppressed. Not being able to vote is not oppressed. Really? That's not oppressed? Female genital mutilation? That's not oppressed? Are you, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is Huma Abedin. This is Hillary Clinton. Huma Abedin's history. This is Huma Abedin's history. Now. This is present. This is her mom. The Journal of Muslim Minority Affairs. I would say this trumps Paul Manafort and his work with a pro-Russian government in the Ukraine. It's my opinion. What do you think? It's Rob Zakari show. We'll be right back after. Oh, God. These words. Yes. These words. Are you, are you coming to the train led by a man who wants to break the chains? Establishment is terrified they can't control his reign. Let's meet this year on the Trump train. Are you, are you coming to the train where brave men called out for a wall built by crane? Media is terrified they can't control his reign. Let's meet this year on the Trump train. Are you, are you coming to the train Where brave men called out the fools who lead in vain Lobbyists are terrified they can't control our reign Let's meet this year on the Trump train Are you, are you coming to the train Where a hat of hope side by side with me Make America great again, break the chains. Let's meet this year on the Trump train. And we are going to be respected by the world again and not laughed at like we're all a bunch of stupid people being led by incompetent politicians. It's not going to go on any longer. Are you... Are you coming to the train to take our great country back again? Join the revolution, break the chains. Let's meet this year on the Trump train. We're going to win at the borders. We're going to win, and we're going to keep winning. And we are going to make America great again, greater than ever We 
We are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Rob Zakari Show. Don't forget, guys, uh, go to um, robzakariashow.com. Okay? Go there. Go to the Rob Zakari. Uh, oh, God. I'm position myself here. Go to the robzakariashow.com. Go there. You can read uh, new. Articles, you can watch new video. It's good stuff. Seriously, it's good stuff. Real good stuff. And I know you'll um, enjoy it. So go there. You can also, don't forget, follow us uh, on Twitter. Our Twitter uh, feed. Oh, God. Dying over here. Our Twitter feed is at Rob Zakari Show. Go there, at Rob Zakari Show. That is the Twitter feed. You will enjoy uh, tweets and all sorts of other stuff. Also, you can go to our Facebook. So don't forget, Facebook. Big action. Big action at Facebook. Okay? Big action. That's uh, Rob Zakari Show. So go there. Those are all the places you could hear the show, listen to the show. We could... Uh, uh, well, you can, not we, but we're also on uh, Spreaker. If you want to listen to us over on Spreaker, uh, it's Rob's Carry Show on Spreaker. What else? Oh, I'm trying to think of all the other well, iTunes. We're on iTunes. You can listen to us on iTunes. Uh, blog Talk Radio. We're we're everywhere. We're everywhere except terrestrial radio. We're every, <laughs> we're everywhere but the place that I want to be the most. Anyway, uh, let's continue, and then we'll, we'll kind of wind this uh, wind this down. All right, we'll continue a little bit, and then we're gonna wind this down and call it a day. So the big, uh, the other big news. It's kind of funny um, how the me, even when the media. Even when the media and people are outraged over uh, something Trump proposes, and they think they think he's going to shift on what he proposes, they condemn him for that. So when he does the apology, you know, and he says, "Listen, if I, I, I uh, you know, said some things in the past." I've offended people, you know, it's, it's, I regret uh, doing that. Of course, the media goes, well, okay, he said that, but but who is it? Who is it that he offended? Okay, we we want to know, does that cover uh, disabled people? Does that cover Megyn Kelly? Does that cover Jeb Bush? Does that cover Ted Cruz? Who does it cover? We want to know who it covers. It's like, I cover, were you offended by something I said? Well, there's a, a bunch of things I was offended by. All right, covers you. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like insurance. You get car insurance. You, you, you pay every month for car insurance. 
What does that cover? Well, it covers everything. Well, what do you mean everything? Well, you get comprehensive coverage. Collision, you get, <laughs> yeah, that, it, it covers. Somebody comes up and bashes your car in uh, with a sledgehammer. Does the insurance cover that? Yeah, there you go. If a car plows into you in a Ralph's parking lot, does your insurance cover that? Yeah, all right. See? It's everything. Covers everything. So Trump's apology covers all the people who were offended. Were you offended? Yeah, well... He said he regrets it. Well, what is he regret exactly? Well, what were you offended by exactly? I was offended when he called Marco Rubio little Marco. Were you? Okay. Well, he regrets saying that. Does he? He didn't say it. Yeah, he did. Those of you who are offended by the things I've said, I regret it. There. You didn't like little Marco? Well, he, sorry. Okay. He, he regrets it. There. Now move on. So people weren't, they weren't happy with that. So now the new controversy, or mild controversy, it's really not a controversy, but it's, it's again, the media, they're, they're, they're just trying, just trying. Uh, Trump had a uh, meeting with a, with a bunch of um, uh, activists, a bunch of uh, Hispanic activists. Had a meeting with a bunch of activists, okay? And um, BuzzFeed, Daily Beast started putting around or putting out that uh, Trump had um, backed off on his immigration policy, that he's, that he's, that he told uh, the people at this meeting that uh, he wasn't going to do what he said he was going to do. Now, that was what the Daily Beast and the BuzzFeeds, that's what they tried to spin. And other people came out of that meeting and said, well, we didn't really get that. He basically asked a bunch of activists in the room what were their ideas? What were their ideas? Do any of them have ideas? They don't like his idea, and they say it's wrong. What are their ideas? And that's what a bunch of people that were actually in the meeting came out and said. This BuzzFeed article, this Daily Beast article, these reports that all of a sudden Trump decided... to um, do a complete 
flip-flop. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. So even, so even when, (laughs) even when Trump tries, tries to be presidential or at least just kind of meeting with people that disagree with him. He disagrees with them. Just meeting with them, saying, okay, you guys don't like my concept for uh, immigration reform. You don't, you don't like what I want. You don't want me to build a wall. You don't want me to do these. Okay, well, wh- what are your ideas? And that was taken as Trump flopping on his immigration stance. And when they interviewed, and I say they, CNN, of course, they hear of this and they get uh, Conway on the show and say, oh, so uh, Trump is flip-flopping. And she goes, well, no. Well, we hear he's not going to have an immigration force. Conway says, well, I don't know if, if, if there was ever really an immigration force. I, I don't know if Trump ever flushed that out. Trump said, I'm not flip-flopping. He said, we want to come up with a fair but firm process. Fair but firm. And when Kellyanne Conway was asked by Dana Bash about a deportation task force, Conway said to be determined. And remember, again, BuzzFeed reported that when Trump said humane and efficient way to work with undocumented immigrants in the country currently, BuzzFeed said that means flip-flopping. And we've heard humane and efficient way before. Trump said that. When people said, well, what you're proposing is similar to Operation Wetback from X amount of years ago. And that wasn't humane. And Trump said, listen, what we have planned, what we're talking about, will be done in a humane way. So again, these flip-flop rumors is, is, is preposterous. Again, in the media, a BuzzFeed, this is coming from BuzzFeed. And 
And like I said, deportation force. We already have a deportation force. We already have a deportation force. Okay? We already have a force. We don't need another deportation. We have ICE. They're just not allowed to do their job. They're just not allowed to do their job. I mean, the immigration situation could be solved in a matter of days. Matter of days. Matter of days. You put in place E-Verify where every company, anybody that hires workers, has to put people through E-Verify. You set up a, a, a fine You set up a system where people get fines based on uh, hiring uh, illegal immigrants. If you just enforce the laws, if you just do what's already on the books and initiate an E-Verify system and make everybody be part of it, you would solve immigration in a matter of days. I mean, it won't be fixed in a matter of days, but you could put some laws into effect in a matter of days. And now one of the proposals that actually came out of the meeting, and it was proposed by um, one of the uh, people that were part of this Bannock Advisory Council. And Trump had talked about this before, and a member of the Hispanic Advisory Council gave a little more detail. But when you heard Trump say, they're going to have to go, but then they could come back. The good ones could come back. Trump said that before. And one of the... um, members of this Hispanic Advisory Council had talked about they go, and once they go, they have to go and apply to come back at a consulate, at a American-Mexican consulate, a consulate there. Because if you're a good one, you're not a criminal. You're not a a gangbanger. You're 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 a productive member of America. You are working. You have a family. You're doing what you're supposed to do. You would have no problem reporting to a consulate in Mexico. You would have no problem coming out of the shadows. You would have no problem doing that. Basically, getting registered, getting legal. That was a proposal. Not by Trump. The proposal of Trump saying they got to leave, but they can come back, the good ones. And people have said, well, how do you determine the good ones? 
And here's somebody on that advisory board saying, well, here's one way. And this is an idea that's been floated around for years now. When they leave and then they report and then they come back. But now they are legal. They are legitimate. There is a paper trail. There is a record. And if these people have a criminal record, if these people, even drunk driving, that is a criminal record. That is something bad. Okay? It kills people. It kills hundreds of thousands of people, maims them, kills them, destroys lives. It's a victimless crime. Okay? So this is what happened over the weekend that, of course, BuzzFeed tried to create. And I'm not sure what, who they're trying to create it with. I mean, you haven't heard that much about it today. You've heard some about it, but not as much. The only thing I could think of is uh, the liberal elites, you know, the, 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 the Democrats, the bosses said, hey, BuzzFeed, why are you trying to push the fact that Trump might be softening on immigration. We don't want that. We don't, we, what are you guys doing? Why are you trying to publicize that? Who do you think that's going to hurt? You're gonna, is that going to hurt his base? Is that what you're hoping? We're not worried about his base. We're worried about those four, five, six million people that are either going to be turned or five or six million people that could come out and vote for him And when they hear a softer stance on something like this, that might get them to vote. So what are you doing, BuzzFeed, you idiots? So I think that's why there's not much um, traction on that story. But we'll see. So Rob's Gary Show, listen, we're out of here. We're going to take an end here. We're done. It's over. It's finished. We had a great run today. We'll see you guys tomorrow. We're going to fix the Twitters and all that stuff and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Periscope and all that. We'll see you guys tomorrow. You guys are the best. You guys rule. Uh, We'll see you then.